0: Section twenty two of Letters of Pliny by Pliny the Younger translated by William Melmoth revised by FCT Bosenke. This Librivox recording is in the public domain recording by Andrew Coleman Section twenty two Letters ninety nine to one hundred and twenty two Letter ninety nine to the Emperor Trajan The elegant and beautiful city of Amastris, sir has among other principal constructions a very fine street and of considerable length on one entire side of which runs what is called indeed a river but in fact is no other than a vile common sewer extremely offensive to the eye and at the same time very pestilential on account of its noxious smell it will be advantageous therefore in point of health as well as decency, to have it covered, which shall be done with your permission, as I will take care on my part that money be not wanting for executing so noble and necessary a work. Letter 100. Trajan to Pliny. It is highly reasonable, my dearest Secundus, if the water which runs through the city of Amastris is prejudicial, while uncovered, to the health of the inhabitants, that it should be covered up. I am well assured you will, with your usual application, take care that the money necessary for this work shall not be wanting. Letter 101 to the Emperor Trajan We have celebrated, sir, with great joy and festivity, those votive solemnities which were publicly proclaimed as formerly, and renewed them the present year, Accompanied by the soldiers and provincials, who zealously joined with us in imploring the gods that they would be graciously pleased to preserve you and the Republic in that state of prosperity which your many and great virtues, particularly your piety and reverence towards them, so justly merit. Letter 102. Trajan to Pliny. It was agreeable to me to learn by your letter that the army and the provincials seconded you, with the most joyful unanimity, in those vows which you paid and renewed to the immortal gods for my preservation and prosperity. Letter 103. To the Emperor Trajan. We have celebrated with all the warmth of that pious zeal we justly ought the day on which, by a most happy succession, the protection of mankind was committed over into your hands, recommending to the gods, from whom you received the empire, the object of your public vows and congratulations. Letter one hundred and four. Trajan to Pliny. I was extremely well pleased to be informed by your letter that you had, at the head of the soldiers and the provincials, solemnized my accession to the empire with all due joy and zeal. Letter 105 To the Emperor Trajan Valerius Paulinus, sir, having bequeathed to me the right of patronage over all his freedmen, except one, I entreat you to grant the freedom of Rome to three of them. To desire you to extend this favour to all of them would, I fear, be too unreasonable a trespass upon your indulgence, which, in proportion as I have amply experienced, I ought to be so much the more cautious in troubling. The persons for whom I make this request are Caius Valerius Astrius, Caius Valerius Dionysius, and Caius Valerius Appa. Letter 106. Trajan to Pliny. You act most generously in so early soliciting in favour of those whom Valerius Paulinus has confided to your trust I have accordingly granted the freedom of the city to such of his freedmen for whom you requested it, and have directed the patent to be registered. I am ready to confer the same on the rest, whenever you shall desire me. Letter 107. To the Emperor Trajan. Publius Adius Aquila, a centurion of the sixth equestrian cohort, requested me, sir, to transmit his petition to you in favour of his daughter. I thought it would be unkind to refuse him this service, knowing, as I do, with what patience and kindness you attend to the petitions of the soldiers. LETTER 108 TRAJAN TO PLINY I have read the petition of Publius Attius Aquila, centurion of the sixth equestrian cohort which you sent to me, and in compliance with his request I have conferred upon his daughter the freedom of the city of Rome. I send you at the same time the patent, which you will deliver to him. LETTER 109 TO THE EMPEROR TRAJAN I request, sir, your directions with respect to the recovering those debts which are due to the cities of Bithynia and Pontus, either for rent or goods sold, or upon any other consideration. I find they have a privilege conceded to them by several proconsuls, of being preferred to other creditors and this custom has prevailed as if it had been established by law. Your prudence, I imagine, will think it necessary to enact some settled rule, by which their rights may always be secured. For the edicts of others, how wisely, however, founded, are but feeble and temporary ordinances, unless confirmed and sanctioned by your authority. Letter 110. Trajan to Pliny. The right which the cities, either of Pontus or Bithynia, claim, relating to the recovery of debts of whatever kind, due to their several communities, must be determined agreeably to the respective laws. Where any of these communities enjoy the privilege of being preferred to other creditors, it must be maintained. But where no such privilege prevails, it is not just I should establish one in prejudice of private property letter 111 to the emperor trajan the solicitor to the treasury of the city of amasis instituted a claim sir before me against julius piso of about forty thousand denarii presented to him by the public above twenty years ago with the consent of the general council and assembly of the city and he founded his demand upon certain of your edicts by which donations of this kind are prohibited piso on the other hand asserted that he had conferred large sums of money upon the community and indeed had thereby expended almost the whole of his estate he insisted upon the length of time which had intervened since this donation and hoped that he should not be compelled to the ruin of the remainder of his fortunes, to refund a present which had been granted him long since, in return for many good offices he had done the city. For this reason, sir, I thought it necessary to suspend giving any judgment in this cause, till I shall receive your directions. Letter 112. Trajan to Pliny. Though by my edicts, I have ordained that no largesses shall be given out of the public money, yet that numberless private persons may not be disturbed in the secure possession of their fortunes, those donations which have been made long since ought not to be called in question or revoked. We will not therefore inquire into anything that has been transacted in this affair so long ago as twenty years i would be no less attentive to secure the repose of every private man than to preserve the treasure of every public community letter 113 to the emperor trajan the pompeian law sir which is observed in pontus and bithynia does not direct that any money for their admission shall be paid in by those who are elected into the senate by the censors. it has however been usual for such members as have been admitted into those assemblies in pursuance of the privilege which you were pleased to grant to some particular cities of receiving above their legal number to pay one or two thousand denarii on their election subsequent to this the proconsul anicius maximus ordained though indeed his edict related to some few cities only that those who were elected by the censors should also pay into the treasury a certain sum, which varied in different places. It remains, therefore, for your consideration, whether it would not be proper to settle a certain sum for each member who is elected into the councils to pay upon his entrance, for it well becomes you whose every word and action deserves to be immortalised, to establish laws that shall endure for ever. Letter 114. Trajan to Pliny. I can give no general directions applicable to all the cities of Bithynia in relation to those who are elected members of their respective councils, whether they shall pay an honorary fee upon their admittance or not. I think that the safest method which can be pursued is to follow the particular laws of each city, and I also think that the censors ought to make the sum less for those who are chosen into the senate contrary to their inclinations than for the rest letter 115 to the emperor trajan the pompeian law sir allows the bithynians to give the freedom of their respective cities to any person they think proper provided he is not a foreigner but native of some of the cities of this province the same law specifies the particular causes for which the censors may expel any member of the Senate, but makes no mention of foreigners. Certain of the censors, therefore, have desired my opinion whether they ought to expel a member if he should happen to be a foreigner. But I thought it necessary to receive your instructions in this case. Not only because the law, though it forbids foreigners to be admitted citizens, does not direct that a Senator shall be expelled for the same reason, but because I am informed that in every city in the province a great number of the Senators are foreigners. If, therefore, this clause of the law, which seems to be antiquated by a long custom to the contrary, should be enforced, many cities, as well as private persons, must be injured by it. I have annexed the heads of this law to my letter. Letter 116. Trajan to Pliny. You might well be doubtful, my dearest Secundus, what reply to give to the censors, who consulted you concerning their right to elect into the Senate foreign citizens, though of the same province. The authority of the law on one side, and long custom prevailing against it on the other, might justly occasion you to hesitate. The proper mean to observe in this case will be to make no change in what is past, but to allow those senators who are already elected, though contrary to law, to keep their seats to whatever city they may belong, in all future elections, however, to pursue the directions of the Pompeian law, for to give it a retrospective operation would necessarily introduce great confusion. Letter 117 to the Emperor Trajan It is customary here upon any person taking the manly robe, solemnising his marriage, entering upon the office of a magistrate, or dedicating any public work, to invite the whole Senate, together with a considerable part of the commonalty, and distribute to each of the company one or two denarii i request you to inform me whether you think proper this ceremony should be observed or how far you approve of it for myself though i am of opinion that upon some occasions especially those of public festivals this kind of invitation may be permitted yet when carried so far as to draw together a thousand persons and sometimes more it seems to be going beyond a reasonable number, and has somewhat the appearance of ambitious largesse's. Letter 118. Trajan to Pliny. You very justly apprehended that those public invitations which extend to an immoderate number of people, and where the dole is distributed, not singly to a few acquaintances, but, as it were, to whole collective bodies, may be turned to the factious purposes of ambition. But I appointed you to your present government, fully relying upon your prudence, and in the persuasion that you would take proper measures for regulating the manners and settling the peace of the province. Letter 119. To the Emperor Trajan. The athletic victors, sir, in the Isolastic Games, conceive that the stipend you have established for the conquerors becomes due from the day they are crowned. For it is not at all material, they say, what time they were triumphantly conducted into their country, but when they merited that honour. On the contrary, when I consider the meaning of the term Isolastic, i am strongly inclined to think that it is intended the stipend should commence from the time of their public entry they likewise petition to be allowed the treat you give at those combats which you have converted into isolastic though they were conquerors before the appointment of that institution for it is but reasonable they assert that they should receive the reward in this instance "'as they are deprived of it at those games which have been divested of the honour of being "'isolastic since their victory. But I am very doubtful whether a retrospect should be admitted "'in the case in question, and a reward given, to which the claimants had no right at the time "'they obtained the victory. I beg, therefore, you would be pleased to direct my judgment in these points.' by explaining the intention of your own benefactions. LETTER 120 TRAJAN TO PLINY The stipend appointed for the conqueror in the Isolastic Games ought not, I think, to commence till he makes his triumphant entry into his city. Nor are the prizes, at those combats which I thought proper to make Isolastic, to be extended backwards to those who were victors before that alteration took place. With regard to the plea which these athletic competent urge, that they ought to receive the isolastic prize at those combats which have been made isolastic subsequent to their conquests, as they are denied it in the same case where the games have ceased to be so, it proves nothing in their favour for notwithstanding any new arrangements which has been made relating to these games, they are not called upon to return the recompense which they received prior to such alteration. Letter 121. To the Emperor Trajan. I have hitherto never, sir, granted an order for post chases to any person, or upon any occasion, but in affairs that relate to your administration. I find myself, however, at present under a sort of necessity of breaking through this fixed rule. My wife having received an account of her grandfather's death, and being desirous to wait upon her aunt with all possible expedition, I thought it would be unkind to deny her the use of this privilege, as the grace of so tender an office consists in the early discharge of it and, as I well knew, a journey which was founded in filial piety could not fail of your approbation. I should think myself highly ungrateful, therefore, were I not to acknowledge that, among other great obligations which I owe to your indulgence, I have this in particular, that, in confidence of your favour, I have ventured to do, without consulting you, what would have been too late, had I waited for your consent. LETTER 122 TRAJAN TO Pliny. You did me justice, my dearest Secundus, in confiding in my affection towards you. Without doubt, if you had waited for my consent to forward your wife in her journey by means of those warrants which I have entrusted to your care, the use of them would not have answered your purpose since it was proper this visit to her aunt, should have the additional recommendation of being paid with all possible expedition. End of Section 22 End of Letters of Pliny by Pliny the Younger Translated by William Melmoth Revised by F. C. T. Bozenkay